Welcome aboard the Yellow Fever. I am your captain, driver Stu Benedict. Our traveling time will be approximately 60 minutes. We will be cruising at a speed of 55 miles an hour, moving swiftly away from the twisted wreckage of my shattered life! Thank you. Nick, 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 Nickelodeon. Nick, 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 Nickelodeon. Good morning, Gut Buckets. This is the Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast. My name is Joey. And I'm Andrew. Welcome to our first episode. Um, we wanted to make this podcast to kind of discover what makes, what separates the early Nickelodeon shows from other kids' shows over the years. What uh, elevates them past these other things. Yeah. Originally, we were talking about doing The Adventures of Pete and Pete, uh, which... Uh, is a show we love, but like, you know, we we talk just as much about uh, Nicktoons and the game shows and yeah. live action Nick. So it seemed like there wasn't really a podcast yet that kind of just focused on all things '90s Nickelodeon, which is kind of crazy. Because yeah, and since these shows are twenty plus years old, uh, you know, everybody listening might not be watching the exact same episode at the same time, so. Right, you know. yeah. It would be hard to do, like, uh, an entire series of anything. Uh, and these shows aren't always and really... people do it a lot. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So, anyway, uh, we wanted to try to, I think, make it fun and uh, yeah. kind of hit on a lot of different things right. that everybody could get into. Right. Um, the, so... Uh, yeah, so what we're doing today is uh, our first our first show is going to be a list show, and we we t- we've talked about like doing different ways, so like list show, um, like verses where like we take two characters and put them up against each other, two shows, two episodes, uh, could be anything, which would be fun, uh, and then every once in a while taking time to, like just to talk about like episodes we really like, yeah, um, characters, but, yeah, yeah, but uh, we decided to start with a list show because. Uh, list shows are easy i guess and uh we decided to do opening credits which is kind of apt it's our first episode and uh this is our opening so uh, what we decided to do is we looked at opening credits and uh, we have some criteria and it is as follows uh does the opening credit of the show capture the spirit of the show uh so pretty much um you know, does that opening credit pretty much gear you up for that uh, show that you're going to be watching? Um, and this one, this next one's key. So as you listen to this list, don't be freaking out uh, if 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 you feel like something's left off or like uh, it doesn't make sense because we did not take into account the theme song for yeah, yeah. the show. That'll be its own separate thing. And I would highly encourage you, if, if you've never watched the opening credits without the music, it's a whole different experience. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> um, so the theme songs will not play a part in our decisions on our top five. That will be its own episode, theme songs. Um, so if there's a show where you're like, the theme song, theme song on that show is garbage, possibly, but that is not what we are judging. Uh, and... The last few things is, is it interesting to watch? And I, to me, the most important thing was, is the opening memorable? Um, is there things, yeah, definitely. is there things about it that just feels like, yes, I, I'll, I'll never forget that opening. 
Um, so that's what we were looking at. Um, so without further ado, would you like to get in yeah, to your list? In. So my number five is Invader Zim. Wow. Um, okay. Just a little background on this. It won the 2001 World Animation Celebration <laughs> Award for Best Title Sequence. Oh, and I, and I should say that, uh, so we, we discussed the show doesn't have to just be 90s, as long as it has, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, if, as long as it somewhat took place in the 90s, it could go... Into- I think it could really be any year, but probably both of us are unlikely to pick anything beyond early 2000s. Yeah, it just, start, it, yeah, it gets shady in there. Yeah, but I mean, there could always be a, you know, one okay. thrown in, but anyway. Okay, <laughs> so... Um, right off the bat, this, uh, sequence is just nice looking. I think it's one of the first shows that was digitally animated. Um, so there's kind of a 3D look to it. Yeah. And, uh, right off the bat, you get the picture of, uh, kind of like one of the alien heads. So you, in one image, get the idea of what the show's kind of going to be about. Yeah. Um, so. And then, uh, you know, it just it's just a fast-paced, really colorful, bright, uh, just really nice to look at sequence. Yeah. Um, just gets everything right, really. It, uh, yeah, the animation on that show is really... Uh, I think it's, like, one of the last things Nickelodeon did that was, like, really visually stunning. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah. Cool. All so right. that's five. All right, not bad, not bad. I, I also want to note that we we are omitting game shows from this list, so I mean, I kind of involuntarily did it because as did I, but just not a really great one. I don't think. No, yeah. I mean they're not really made to be like art pieces. Yeah, like yeah. it's the title and like a quick song, and so if there's any fans out there of like Finders Keepers or Figure It Out, this this may not be your episode. All right. Anyways, my number five, and we 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 discussed this as well. That uh, this list and really this podcast, we're not going to just stick to like Nick originals. Uh, it can yeah. be stuff that was syndicated or originally made for another network. And that's my number five. Certainly, uh, my number five is you can't do that on television. Oh, I I almost <laughs> put that on my list. Very close to number five. Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, so just as a recap, because. It's one of those weird shows where, depending on which country you lived in, there's a different intro I found. Oh. Uh, there's actually three different intros for the show. Of course, I'm from America. Both Andrew and I are from Ohio. So we... Uh, yeah, we I've saw... only seen the first one. Yeah. Uh, it, um, so what happens is essentially a building rises from the ground uh, with what seems to be a meat grinder atop it. Um the sign on the meat grinder says children's television sausage factory, which is kind of like right off the bat. You, I think, you know, you're entering into like a pretty dark world. Uh, and immediately you just see children being turned out of an, on an, onto an assembly line. And, um, then their heads come out of a hose nozzle into a school bus. And then there's that classic image of, uh, our main character, uh, Les Lai, whose, whose face is stamped with the show's title credit. And then just cracks into a bunch of pieces which is uh you know this show is like one of the earliest ones i kind of remember watching and at the time i wasn't aware that it wasn't a nick original yeah i mean there's a lot of reason to think it is because like slime originates there yeah. and um but i like it because it's it's such a like uh 
Who it's, do you know who made it? It was originally a Canadian uh, a Canadian show for the first I think four years, uh, and then Nick picked it up, uh, and so I think from like 1984 to like 1990, okay, it was wow. kind of Canadian and Nick run. Um, so it only has one year in the 90s, but again, we're not going to be sticklers. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, the art, like even just the art of watching watching the intro, it's like its own little weird art piece. Yeah. And um, I think it's like a good, for me, it like really made me feel like what Nickelodeon was about, which is like kind of this strange, surreal television for kids. Wasn't afraid to be dark, which is kind of a cool thing. So it was very... Uh... Monty Python-esque thing. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 an art piece. So, like, yeah. it really struck me as, like... I, I guess the reason it's five on my list is because, like, it's not necessarily super memorable. Like, if someone said you can't do that on television, I might think of, like, the face being broken yep. into a bunch of pieces, but... I've watched some episodes recently, uh-huh. uh, and it's kind of uncomfortable, but... For me, but uh, we can save that for... Uh... It's really dark. Um, kids are being tortured, yeah. and um, I mean, it's a... Sh- I think one thing that's cool about Nickelodeon is most of the shows are the adults are idiots, uh, the kids are in charge, the like, kids are independent and unique. That is a great And um, great you can't do that on television, even though I think it's like a precursor to what Nick would become, it's still a lot darker, I think, than a lot Definitely. of what Nick would try. And I, I honestly don't think that show would air today. No. But, um, uh, but yeah. So you can't do that on television. Is my uh, very my good pick. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Okay, number four. This is another animated one, two in a row. Oh, wow. um, I went with Rugrats. Okay. Um, just uh, it's not even now one of my all-time favorites i guess like i don't i wouldn't sit down and necessarily put on rugrats yeah. but uh watching the title sequence it's just really great from the first second of seeing like one of the characters you realize they're really weird looking and uh kind of real in yeah. a different way that before this you kind of weren't used to in a cartoon the, yeah the animation is amazing um and uh just a little fact sure um Peter Chung, Peter who Chung, created yeah. Eon Flux, right. uh, co-directed the opener and the pilot for Rugrats. He did. I'm, I'm reading a book right now, which is called Slimed. It's by uh, a shout-out to a guy named Matthew Clickstein, who actually I, I'm hoping we can talk to on one of the yeah, shows. Uh, the book is really fantastic. It's just like first-person accounts of what it was like to work at Nickelodeon in the 90s, and there's a great segment about Peter Chung and kind of... Um, to start what a genius he is like the people who were around him were like in awe of his talent uh but also noted that like genius to the point of maybe a little bit of a a jerk Mm, mm. (laughs) you know so consumed with the work um yeah but but lucky that he was the guy that like set the tone for rugrats um obviously you're seeing like a great mind at work even in the title sequence yeah and just just really phenomenal all around yeah Uh, you pretty got... much just the kids crawling around, playing with their stuff. And uh, one of the, just one moment that's always been really memorable to me is the when Angelica like gets plastered with the stuff from the... Uh, Chucky's vacuum. Yeah, yeah. the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> um, it just looks great, uh, and even a little bit better than the regular show's animation, like on the actual episodes. Agreed, yeah. And I think um, it's memorable, like I think... Um... 
I like that the fact that it's like shot from the child's perspective from the ground yeah. up. Um, uh, I love that like grandpa's there sleeping while the kids wreak havoc and um, there's like the really cool touch of like Tommy squirting the bottle yeah. to the title sequence. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it seems like for an animated show, like it's the right balance of like showing you the characters being its own kind of art piece and yeah, I really I like I yeah, like that pick. Great one. I like that pick. All right. My number four, and I think this might be the one that stuns you. Okay. This is another syndicated show, which originally ran on ABC uh, for two seasons. If you want to watch it, it's not available anywhere unless you're willing to go to Amazon and buy it on VHS. And that is The Land of the Lost. Oh, wow. <laughs> so if you don't remember The Land of the Lost intro, let me, let me walk you through a memory lane here. The Porter family, which includes Father Tom, Daughter Annie... And uh, son and Kevin are in their car. They're driving down a dirt road when the ground starts to open. And their Jeep, you know, just straight up nose dives <laughs> into the ground. Like, literally, the car is going vertically into the hole. But the next shot is them, like, perfectly landed. <laughs> uh, they're in a dark cave. And then, like, this blue vortex opens up and sucks them into the land of the lost. Uh, and then essentially the titles, the opening credits is just like random shots of T-Rexes screaming in the face of the main characters, uh, pterodactyls like sw- trying to swipe Kevin, and um, you got Tasha and Stink in there doing their thing. Um, and I don't, this show kind of has like a weird place in my heart. It felt like it was actually pre-Jurassic Park, so like I think it was appealing to that part of the kid of me. Hadn't seen Jurassic Park yet, like loving dinosaurs and... Uh, I really like weird characters, like the costumes of uh, Stink and and Tasha. Um, And technically, the show has cold opens. It would start with the story and then go to to the opening credits. But I like the fact that essentially every episode relies on the fact that, like, you need to see this (laughs) opening credit sequence to understand (laughs) what's going on in the show. Just in case you forgot, this family fell into a hole in the ground. And uh, to me, to me, it's just like kind of really fun, and um, that's a surprise. It's a yeah. good one, but uh, I'm surprised by it. Yeah, I, there. After our five, we'll talk a little bit about what were close calls. Maybe yeah. could have made the list, and there was one. This would maybe be the interchangeable one for me, but um, I mean, we're doing a Nickel- '90s Nickelodeon podcast, so like part of this is nostalgia, and just seeing that title sequence brings me back to the basement. <laughs> Eating some hot fries, <laughs> watching some Land of the Lost. <laughs> Love it. So that's that's my number four. Awesome. All right, on to number three. This is just really where it gets serious. <laughs> um, my number three is Salute Your Shorts. Oh. Um, it's a tough choice, but I think it really uh, encapsulates that the spirit of that of early Nickelodeon uh just the title sequence alone um just right off the bat it's donkey lips uh (laughs) blowing the horn yeah and raising the shorts like you already have an idea of what's going on here sure and then a few seconds later uh you know once you get you start seeing a little bit of more of the cast um you just know what the show's about you know it's about these kids at camp you're there at camp and um, it's really 
it was interesting watching it without the song because that's what usually sticks in my head but uh there was a lot of interesting stuff like little stuff going on in the background <laughs> while the characters were introducing themselves that was really uh kind of fun to watch yeah um, it's an it's an inter- i i i worried that the song was what held this the, the uh, opening credits down but like it's definitely true that like the show does an awesome job of just showing the kids being like kids and having fun. Yeah. Uh, donkey lips with his fishing rod. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, there's one part, part where a uh, like wooden Indian starts moving by itself <laughs> behind one of them. You know? Yeah. And it's just, uh, it just nailed the spirit for me, I think. Yeah. I can appreciate that. Um, cool. Okay. Uh, my number three, I'm not going to... Um go over too much again but i i picked number three rugrats yeah so a little higher on my nice. list yeah. and uh i will say like not to spoil too much but num- uh rugrats is the only animated show on my list yeah and um i don't know whether it's fair or not but i guess like i hold an animated shows I, I was thinking about it the fact that it was only the only animated show on my list and i guess like i would hold the opening credits of an animated show to a higher standard because it seems like there's more ability to be really creative and um, create something a little more memorable than a live action show where, even though I love Salute Your Shorts, it's yeah. a kid sitting around singing. I agree. Um, and I would normally be tend to pick more animated stuff. Um, and I was trying to keep from doing that a little bit, yeah. I think, because I'm just biased toward that. <laughs> um, but would you, uh, would you say you like Nick tunes more than live action nick it's tough when i was a kid definitely okay um now it's a little harder for me to say that i think it's pretty even (laughs) okay um i I would go the other way i would say like live action all the way every day maybe this could be a versus episode (laughs) now i feel more that way but you know I, i i would debate it um i think um you were right about it being easier to make a good animated uh intro yeah you know um and i think there's a lot of really good ones uh and there was a lot that i almost put on the list and i just tried to nail it down to like my top two that i thought just yeah the best you know interesting okay cool number two number two pete and pete okay um if you don't mind my number two is also Pete. Wow. So oh, okay. we can we can just Good. have a fluid conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was kind of I wasn't expecting to actually put it this high in the list. Um, nor, just because nor was I. you know the theme song is great, <laughs> but I was kind of just surprised at how well it nailed the show. And I do remember as a kid even seeing the band and was like, what even is this and what's going on and what do they have to do with the show um which was kind of great because it just right off the bat you're kind of thinking yeah this show's so wacky i'm not even sure what it's about yes it's another show that has cold opening so like it doesn't actually start with the theme song like you get a little bit of story it's usually big pete yeah laying the groundwork you're just hit right in the face with the opening chords of hey sandy and like mark mulcahy just strumming his guitar (laughs) and it's just like well this isn't the show i was just watching um yeah sorry go ahead um just all the visuals are great uh the lawnmower going by in the yard somehow that 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 really sticks in my head yeah um 
And the thing that it does that I don't really love when intros do, but it gets away with it, is uh, little clips from the show. Yeah. Like, if it's made all of that, it's, it's not that great to me. Um, but this was, like, this was really just used to introduce the characters. Yes. Uh, Literally, the title card is, it is not, like, Danny Tamborelli as little Pete. Yeah. The title card is, this is Pete. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's a great thing. Um, um, also, just, I mean... <laughs> One of the things that uh, sets it apart is introducing, like, Petunia at Mom's plate in the head. Yes, <laughs> I noted that. Like, that should not be that should not be underplayed, the fact that, like, literally a tattoo yeah. in Mom's plate, which has a role in, like, 10% of the entire series, has its own title card. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that, like, here's a kid's show with an alternative rock band on the front lawn, uh just because they did the theme song right away you know that you're getting into a show that's like doesn't really care what's come before it it's definitely its own thing yeah it feels like it came out of nowhere like they just wanted to do this yeah um also something that it does that kind of applies to salute your shorts as well is it's outside yeah which is a big yes subtle i mean subtle thing going on that i think really makes it Yes, Salute Your Shorts has some set pieces. Generally, you feel like you're outside with it. And absolutely with Pete and Pete, like, you feel like they were, like, on my street. Yeah, the neighborhood is the set. Yeah, Yeah, that that is really, like, I love that last shot, the Pete's walking away with, like, the sun going down. I'm like, I was thinking about, like, this is far more of a beautiful shot than, like, a kid's show has any right to have (laughs) its opening credits. Uh, And... Just the title sequence is so much more interesting and uh, thoughtful than anything yeah. that I can think of right now. But yeah. um, I mean, maybe there's some, but uh, it's great. And Artie, and Artie, oh, Artie, 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 Artie tackling the bowling ball, which is here you have this deranged man, <laughs> and uh, he. You've been introduced to him in the opening <laughs> sequence, like, no context. Uh, it, right. He's yeah. just, it's weird. Yeah. And great. Weird in a great way. And you'll notice, like, in the title sequence, I also I mentioned, like, I love that they just use the characters, mom, dad, Pete. Yeah. Pete. I love that, like, it's not little Pete. It's not big Pete. Title card, Pete. Yeah. And then next title card, Pete. Like, <laughs> Um, there, there's really no distinction outside of them being different actors, but, uh, that's another thing that I don't even think about now, but did at first is that it's called Pete and Pete. Yeah. I mean, it's just weird <laughs> right off the bat. Yeah. But you've become so accustomed to not even thinking about like the premise of the show, of two boys being, having the same name. That's not nowhere near the weirdest thing about <laughs> the show. It's very normal in, in context of the rest of the show. Yeah. Cool, yeah, so Pete and Pete, uh, number two. I'll be interested now, and I almost suspect... I think we we... probably had the same first one. I mean, it's gotta be, I think. Uh, Ready? Yeah, number one, go for it. Are you afraid of the dark? It is, are you afraid of the dark? All the way, I mean... And and I assure anybody, uh, this could be like one person listening to this ever, but uh, (laughs) I assure you, Andrew and I did not... No, we didn't have any idea. I mean, we tried not to talk about it. Right, yeah, we went out of our ways not to share this, so... One and two being the same. That's interesting. Cool. Yeah, I'm pretty surprised by that. I mean, I, uh, I, I have good reasons for it, but yeah. I, I was surprised. I'm surprised that we both had the same top two in yeah. that order. Yeah. Same order. Um, I mean, this is just 
a masterpiece though in a way yeah i mean it is <laughs> so when you when when i thought about the criteria of like spirit of the show um memorable every this is maybe one of the only title sequences i think in history where every shot is memorable yeah so you start with your rowboat right oh my god you hear that, that water. That it's dark. Me- dark as hell. Yeah. Don't even worry about the water. You hear that... W- or, I'm sorry, you don't don't even worry about the theme song. You hear the water, right? And then you go to the swings. You hear the clanking. <laughs> you got the shutters hitting the house, right? Uh, yeah, and just these scary noises. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you're in the attic. You see a skateboard, okay. And then, boom. <laughs> Maybe the scariest clown I've ever seen. Uh, you got the spinning fan. The door. And then that's literally it. You got the match lighting the title. Whoever came up with this was just just nailed it. I mean, yeah. every uh, it was it's so simple, yeah. kind in a way, in a sense. But they got all these perfect yes. shots. Yes, um, it's I was I, I was just telling someone that Nick Teen has uh, programming now after after ten p.m. The Splat, which like if you if you're like us and you really like '90s Nickelodeon, The Splat. You know, I wouldn't say it's, um, I wouldn't say there's a lot of uh, equity in the shows they show. They show kind of the same stuff over and over. But when they do show Are You For The Dark, it's set to record. Uh, and I've noted that, like, literally if I fast forward through the, the theme song, I can't start the show yeah, without it. So, yeah. like, I, I'll rewind <laughs> until, like, it's perfectly, like, I... I yeah, talk about... Uh like skipping theme songs now because yeah. I'm just used to doing that with most things. But yeah. this is one that I absolutely won't skip. It's as almost as good as the rest of the show you know, on its own. They're, I would say easily the, the opening credits are, uh, I would say 40% of the time scarier than the yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> um, yeah. It just gives you, gives you that feeling and perfectly uh, sets the mood. Yeah. It's 30 seconds long. Like you are, it is over once it starts and you are terrified. I remember, I remember being a kid and thinking, I, I really probably maybe shouldn't be watching this. Uh, and then the rest of the episode was never quite as scary, but yeah, it was, it was a good start. Felt like I was getting away with something by oh, yeah. like watching the show. Yeah. Um, and it was on late, especially at least when it started. Yeah. It was like the last slot in Snick for a while. Yeah. And that's where you want it to be. You know, yeah. you want it to be the capper yeah i mean man yeah so uh are you afraid of the dark it has has all those things and not to say like a lot of the shows we just named have great theme songs we'll we'll talk about that uh some other time but they definitely just stand alone uh, as far as like, images go yeah without a doubt cool um all right so those are those are our top five uh a couple other things we we want to do if uh if we continue to make episodes and i i hope we will uh we we want to talk about maybe things that almost made your list just briefly yeah, yeah. uh we're going to discuss um our least favorite opening credits which we're going to call the ferguson segment and do you want to explain why we're calling it that i think it's pretty obvious you know? <laughs> all right Ferguson, all right. just the <laughs> just the annoying little brother sure you know? okay so uh, we'll talk about our least favorite uh and then finally uh we we um this is something like go on YouTube, look at the opening credits and read what people are saying. And, and like the cool thing is that like 99% of it is super positive, which is really rare for a YouTube video. Like everybody's just like, I love this, but there's a few gems in there, uh, which we'll, which we'll mention. So let's, let's start with like what almost made it for you.
There's a couple that immediately come to mind. The first one's Doug. Um, that was very close on the animation one. Uh, it just fell. I think ultimately I didn't pick it because most of it's a white background. Yeah. And I just felt like if I'm going with animation, I got to go with the ones that really push it. But uh, Doug, Doug almost made it for me as well. Um, and yeah, it, it has like a sense of like not being very ambitious. But if you watch it, it's still pretty cool. Yeah, like just like the way it plays with the black line transitioning to everything. Doug, and you get an idea for who the characters are, I think, yes. during it a lot. Yeah, Doug um, was Doug was definitely a close call for me. And I also remember for some reason a lot the uh, just the way he, he paints the episode yeah. title at the end. Something that's interesting about that. Yeah. Different every time. I mean, the, the title card. Yeah, the title card for each episode is a little bit different. Yeah. yeah. Um, another one that almost made it that kept going back to was Clarissa Explains It All. Oh, okay. Um, that was just, it's just one of those ones that I automatically think of when I think of early Nick. It's uh, it's definitely iconic 90s. Everything about it's 90s. Yeah, yeah. Something about just her going, I don't know, you got the show. She's going through these different costumes, and <laughs> yeah. you kind of get the idea. You know? Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, interesting one. Yeah, I, Clarissa. I thought about it, but like to me, it's like still really pretty dependent on that theme song. Not sure I wanted to watch it without it. Um, but okay, yeah. I, for me, like I said, Doug, and then uh, Kablam was one I really thought was pretty. Again, kind of like um, you can't do that on television. It's like an art piece. The whole show's pretty much an art piece, but. Um, it was really cool. It just wasn't, I guess, super memorable. Like, even now as I'm thinking about it, I can kind of picture it, but there's nothing like yeah, that stands out. Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, and I think of the movement of it Yeah. Um, when I think of it, just kind of how, I'm not sure, some of the backgrounds just, like, shift out yeah. of the way and stuff. It goes underwater, it goes to yeah. outer space. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks really cool, very vibrant. Um, I like it. Cool. But, yeah. Okay, so now for the Ferguson. <laughs> Is our least favorite, which is something we talked a lot about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's your Ferguson? My Ferguson is something that I didn't really watch a lot of the actual show, mm-hmm. but when I hit it, I just knew this was gonna be it. It's Animorphs. Whoa. Okay. I mean, you gotta. <laughs> I have no idea what that intro is. <laughs> you gotta go and watch it, especially. I mean, I don't even know. I didn't even listen to it with the sound, so yeah. I don't even remember what the sound sounds like. But without the sound, it is just, like, a series of black screens and silhouettes. <laughs> okay. There's, like, one slight glimpse of the Animorph just, like, in the background all faded out. You can't even... You see it for, like, an instant. Yeah. And then a cube that's lit up. I'm not sure what that's even about. Um, yeah. But it's just... It doesn't tell me anything about the show. It's, like, three quarters just black nothingness, pretty much. Yeah. So that's that's mine. I do not recall. <laughs> at all. I mean, even as you explain it, it's like nope. It's I don't, I don't that memorable. <laughs> I mean, um, wow. Okay, okay. Uh, so my Ferguson is Hey Dude. Yeah, yeah. And you know, first off, the theme song is its own thing for sure. Killer Cacti. We 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 know it. Yeah, we well, love it. Probably revisit that in the near future yeah but 
but if you turn if you turn the sound off it becomes almost staggering how bad the opening credits are which is you have a nice arizona backdrop that's nice you have a passable cgi horseshoe in the middle of the screen and then in the middle of the screen you have the characters being class like classic sitcom being introduced with like their their name but what it does that's really strange and bothersome is if you watch it the character's moving initially and then they just freeze just without any reason they freeze in the frame of the horseshoe and they move on the next character's moving and then they freeze it doesn't seem like it was done on purpose it seemed almost like they ran out of film or something i'll just pause it here until we get to the next one um, so there's just something about the Hey Do credits. There was another one that was real close for me, which I would I would say was uh, actually my brother and me. Mm. And if you watch it back to back with Clarissa, it becomes clear that they just took Clarissa explains it all's credits and put the my brother and me kids in it. Um, so that one was a close call. But Hey Dude seemed um, with with the I, music, it really I love it. Without the music, it was really bad. I did watch that one as well and considered it. Uh, I just dis- ultimately decided that Animorphs was a little bit worse, but <laughs> it's very bad. It's like, uh, it's just, yeah, yeah, it's pretty poor. It's all about the song. And, and that and the title card where it says, hey, dude, is kind of cool looking with like the horseshoe in the middle. I'll give it some points yeah, for that's that. But, um, so that, that, okay, those are our Fergusons. And um, so the for the final part here, we're going to do YouTube comments. YouTube comments do you want to share yeah, yours? I mean this one's not like great because it's like a particularly f- interest funny comment or anything but uh, it does have an interesting fact all right which is that the writers uh, on Invader Zim or well the animators I guess actively made Dib's head slightly bigger in every episode wow so throughout the series it grows just <laughs> I can I can really appreciate the effort that yeah, that would I like take that. Uh, pretty nuanced. Okay, I went with um, comments that kind of made me chuckle. Um, and this comment was directed at the Splat, which, as I mentioned, is uh-huh. showing '90s Nickelodeon cartoons. And so this was on the Rugrats. And this person is none too pleased with the Splat. They said, <laughs> "Seems like Nickelodeon doesn't care about seasons six through nine of Rugrats. They didn't even put the second theme song on YouTube. And Nancy Cartwright, Tara Strong were never invited on the." on the orange couch celebration in the reptar song that they had at the beginning of the splats life the song said that reptar's biggest fans were four little babies like dill and kimmy and they never existed it seems like nickelodeon wants to pretend that the seasons after the regrets never existed even though they still air reruns of them on the splat and also aired rugrats go wild at one point during the 25th celebration so um that's that's interesting i mean that's really getting involved you know yeah i I, uh and i actually even though i um it kind of made me laugh that someone was passionate uh i would i would argue that probably seasons six through nine are more neglected by rugrat fan bases or at least yeah yeah I would say kids so. of the 90s with me anyway yeah <laughs> I, I, I think it went if, on for so long and some of those later seasons i think were yeah. quite a bit later yeah um it, it went on maybe a little too i mean I'm, i think the show was making like crazy money uh-huh. and so there was probably reason to like just keep franchising but 
There does seem to be some weird stuff like that with Nick's shows, though, where they yeah, well, have yeah, treated well, the people involved a little weird, or uh, you know. Yeah, you got you got like Ren and Stimpy firing yeah, their creator. You have um. I mean, it wasn't like I think a bad situation, but Doug moving to ABC. Um, yeah. So there's there's like and a, they had uh, I read they made everybody on Salute Your Shorts like re uh, what do you call retry out for their parts yeah like, after they had already done the pilot. Oh so wow. they, okay. So it's, it's kind of just weird stuff. That is strange. There. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate the passion of the poster. Yes. And I can certainly uh, yeah certainly feel that. Well, very good. Yeah, good first uh, episode, I think. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're going to be doing more. Um, our next episode, I think we've agreed we're going to talk about... The theme songs? Best theme songs. Yeah. So, kind of as a natural extension, we've talked about the opening credits. Next week, we're going to disregard the opening credits and... Yeah, just focus strictly on the song. All about that music. Um, in the meantime, if you want to reach out in any way or request, like for us to do a certain list or do a versus episode uh we're on twitter you can follow us at boc podcast as in big orange couch podcast uh and then you can also email us at orange couch podcast at gmail.com so uh we're hoping to like hear for some people yeah, and totally. um we look forward to talking to you guys next time yeah that's good that's it